You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, uh, one of the best voices in all of sports broadcasting is my good friend Paul Keels. He's the voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes. He joins us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Paul, happy holidays. How you doing, my friend? Doing good, Bill. How you doing? I am doing wonderfully. Uh, I was uh, doing a show last night, and I was qu- and I didn't want to use their name, so I'm going to kind of hold it back. But one of the higher ups at Wisconsin we were talking with, and it said this Buckeye team is the best Big Ten team they have ever seen. Do you see it that way? It could be. They've got a lot of things going for them. Number one, confidence and great momentum, but great balance on offense, uh, a defense that at times that can be suffocating. Uh, special teams that play very well with a few exceptions. One of them came against Wisconsin with a blocked punt. They had a muff punt return last week in Ann Arbor, but it could be. The, I mean, you got a team with three legitimate Heisman Trophy candidates on it. Chase Young is just uh, phenomenal, and obviously Dobbins and Fields. So let's start with Fields and his health because I know he wants to go. I know he's a little bit nicked up. Let's talk about that first. No indication that he won't. Now, having said that, Ryan Day has adopted a policy this year where he really doesn't divulge much in regard to injuries, um, just protecting the player's privacy, and he's been consistent with that through the summer all the way through the season. But when asked about it, it is Tuesday press conference. He said, yeah, Justin Fields is good to go. Fields himself has said the same thing. The question really will be, uh, will this hamper at all his ability to run? Because that's part of what is added to the threat that Ohio State has on offense. The first matchup between these two teams, incredibly close for really two and a half, three quarters of football, and then it just kind of got away. So does Ohio State walk away with a ton of confidence after that first game, or do they look at the first few and a half quarters and say, this is a dangerous team. This is a team that went toe-to-toe with us for for a good period of time until just kind of a few mistakes got them out of their game. One of the things that has made them so good this year is they've looked at every opponent every week as a dangerous team. Uh, certainly there's nothing but tons of respect for Wisconsin and Paul Christ and what they've done, but they do understand how dangerous the Badgers are. They understand that, you know, they really were fortunate to be in the position they were in the third quarter of that game in Columbus up three points before things really started rolling in their favor. So um, it, it, it's been a great week-by-week approach that they've taken to every opponent, and that's had a lot to do with why they're sitting where they are. Uh, I look at this game because a lot of fans seem to think that the Badgers win or lose could end up in the Rose Bowl and the Buckeyes win or lose could still end up in the Final Four. Uh, I'm sure there's conjecture going on in Columbus, Ohio, as much about that as there is here in the state of Wisconsin. Is there a lot of talk about what ifs, win or lose and things like that? Or is this just about continuing the dominance that they have had and then just maintaining that number one team in the country? Well, there's been talk about it from the fans and from the media perspective, and there is a lot of conjecture that uh, even with a loss, depending on how it goes, that they could still end up in the playoffs. But uh, when asked about that this week again, Ryan Day said, no, they, they're not even considering to think about it that way, that it's a dangerous opponent and they've got to focus on what they need to do to win the football game. So, uh, and, you know, keep in mind too, Bill, this is a program that the last two years has had one damaging loss that has kept them out of the playoffs. Now, they, they occurred in the regular season on the road against unranked opponents. But still, many of these players are part of that. They know the danger that exists there, and you know their out-public statements are about, no, they're, they're not even considering that. They understand it's a dangerous team they're playing and that they have to win the football game. In that first contest, Chase Young was just a beast. He, he, was, he was unblockable. 
Um, it, do you feel that that is going – because he didn't do a ton statistically in the game against Michigan. They were very smart and kind of rolling the pocket, getting away from him, chip blocking, whether it was a line or whether it was a, a lineman or whether it was tight end or running back or what have you. Um, my assumption is, is that, Paul, Chris, that's the first priority is try to figure out a way to keep Jack Cohen upright and not allow Chase Young to be so incredibly disruptive. Yeah, he had a career in that game against Wisconsin. And if you remember, too, he was lining up over the center. They were moving it around almost like a um, Michigan did a very good job in the first half. They uh, probably got away with a few holds that weren't called. Mm-hmm. But late in the game, you saw Chase Young start to influence Jay Patterson throwing the football. And all of the attention they paid to him, it allowed guys like Jayshon Cornell, Jonathan Cooper, uh, Robert Landers, and Devon Hamilton to make plays. So that's the other side of it. You pay too much attention to Chase Young there's enough good talent on that defense to hurt you in other ways. Talking with Paul Keels, the voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes, does the head coach Ryan Day, does he get enough credit for what he's done? Because you get the same rumblings. You'll say, well, you know, he inherited Urban's team, and this was Urban's recruiting class. And so does he get enough credit for what he's done over there? Because I think he's done a fantastic job. Around here he does, and a lot of it started with the additions he made to the defensive coaching staff. He replaced the entire defensive staff with the exception of Larry Johnson on the defensive line. And if you look at how well this defense has played, it's basically the same players from a year ago from a defense that was guilty of giving up a ton of big plays. So uh, certainly he gets a lot of credit for that, how he's handled the quarterback position, getting Justin Fields to play at the level he has coming in brand new in the spring. Uh, and, and keep this in mind, Bill. He won in the media voting Coach of the Year. The last Ohio State head coach to win Coach of the Year was Earl Bruce in 1979. My so that at least tells you that the media people have recognized what it is that he's done. Yeah, it's kind of tough. It's kind of like being Bill Belichick when you're good for so long. People just look at you and go, eh, you're kind of supposed to be, so why do we want to vote for you? And I, I get it. Um, obviously, they come in with a target on their back. It's going to be a neutral crowd, but, boy, the Ohio State fans have bought up the tickets. There's a lot of belief that this team is on its way to a national title. 85% of the crowd at Lucas Oil Field should be Ohio State fans. Does that – uh, how does that play, if at all, into the preparation for this game? Because chances are it's going to be much like a home game, so you, you don't have to prep the same way for the noise, right? Well, I'm sure they still will, but no, you don't. You're right. That, that'll that be a big factor. I mean, last week in Ann Arbor in the fourth quarter when you're hearing the OHIO chance right. go around Michigan Stadium, that was impressive. They were doing that the other night in North Carolina during the basketball game. So, uh, you know, it's a three-hour trip. It's, you know, much like Wisconsin. Ohio State's been there quite often, so there's a lot of familiarity there. Uh, the players and the coaches have talked about how that does fuel them at times. Uh, as far as preparing, probably not a whole lot, but uh, it certainly is something that's all been part of this whole great thing. And, and really, the big question in that vein, Bill, was would people do this and not manage to put their resources aside to go to either Atlanta or Phoenix for the semifinals and then possibly to New Orleans for the championship game if they're fortunate to go that far? Yeah, they have really uh, come out. I think that's the reason a lot of Badger fans, they're thinking, well, you know, do you want to party in Indianapolis or would you rather say go out to Pasadena and see the Rose Parade and such? And I I understand that sentimentality too. Hey, I do want to ask you real quick. You mentioned uh, the North Carolina game the other night. Uh, Can you remember going into a more historic place and putting more of a shellacking on a top-ranked team in the country than what happened the other night between Ohio State and North Carolina? Uh, It's been amazing, and and also consider earlier in the year they they really manhandled Villanova here in Columbus, Mm -hmm. so it's been a great start now. They've got their conference opener tomorrow at 12 noon at home with Penn State, and Chris Holtman said he thinks Penn State might be the best team that they will have seen so far this year to date, but what a great start. You know, wins over Cincinnati, Villanova, and North Carolina. Now, the Tar Heels aren't what they usually are, and they had a 
significant injury early in that game with Armando Baycott going out with a severe ankle injury. But uh, the Ohio State basketball team's up. Yeah, I was going to say that that was, uh, I guess, more so watching it in the Dean Dome happen. Uh, that's been just awesome. Hey, I, you mentioned Cincinnati. I do want to ask you as well. Uh, one of the guys that came out of that coaching tree uh, of Urban Meyer, Luke Fickle, what a job he's done with that program, too. I mean, is it just where coaches just kind of just absorb like beer sponges, the information and the, and the technique and, the, and the, the methodology and the philosophy out of Urban Meyer that they go on to success in other areas? Well, let's also remember, too, the time Luke Fickle spent with Jim Fressel. Um, everybody knew that a good opportunity was come to him. He, the year he was the head coach in 2011 at Ohio State, he handled a very difficult situation better than anybody ever could have with suspensions, not knowing if there were sanctions coming. Uh, Cincinnati was a great fit for him. I know that he and his wife love having their kids in the schools down there. Now, they've kind of uh, flirted with danger the last few weeks, and it caught up with them the other night in Memphis. But, mm. you know, what a great job he's done. What a great job that program has done. He, he's really maintained the recruiting lid on the greater Cincinnati area and the state of Ohio that a lot of Cincinnati coaches in the past were not able to do successfully. So great job. They got a tough one coming up with Memphis again in the same place as last week. But uh, I know Luke's name is getting talked about with some of these other vacancies that have cropped up. Uh, I'm going to ask you something to try to step outside of the, the Ohio State broadcast side of things. And I'd said the only way that I feel anyway, because I think town, pound for pound, talent for talent, the Buckeyes are a better football team. But if the Badgers play a damn near perfect game and get the Buckeyes to turn the ball over, short fields, things like that, and get a little momentum roll, maybe quiet the crowd a little bit. To me, that's the only way I can see the Badgers winning this ball game. Is 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 that the way you would see it, or is there a particular matchup you're focusing on going, boy, this would be something problematic if indeed it gets out of hand for the Buckeyes? Would agree to that, but also keep in mind, too, Jonathan Taylor has had two of his three lowest yardage games in his career against Ohio State earlier this year and two years ago in the Big Ten Championship game. If he's able to get on a run that's typical of what he does, then that could cause problems as well. Paul, it's always a pleasure, buddy. I certainly appreciate it. I love listening to you. I still do on the app as best I can, and we'll talk again soon down the road. But thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes with your busy schedule, buddy. All right, Bill. Take care. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's Paul Keels, the voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes, joining us for a couple of minutes on the uh, Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair 80-plus years. They've been getting it done. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.